I'm lying here in room 4G at Peterborough City Hospital on a substantial amount of painkillers. The bones in my left arm have been reset and put into a cast, and now I am staring up at the ceiling, contemplating why it is that I risked my life to find out what happened to a few stolen chairs. Maybe the people of Goose Lake are right about me. Maybe I am a sidiot. I think about the first time I ever stole something. I was a little boy growing up in suburban Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. My Aunt Elaine was babysitting me, and I spent most of the day playing dinky cars with my cousin Oscar. As I was being picked up by my mother, I turned to say goodbye to Auntie Elaine, but instead of saying goodbye, I said, I don't have a dinky car in my boot. I guess I wasn't cut out for stealing. Nor do I understand what it takes to steal something from someone which may be why I'm having such a difficult time solving the case of the stolen chairs. I'm about to call my wife to see what's taking her so long getting here when... Ira? Ira, are you here? Uh, yeah, uh, open the curtain. Oh, there you are. I'm okay. What's the matter with you? What? You why? could have been killed. I was being careful. Have you looked in the mirror? Okay, let's not be mean. I'm not being mean. Where were you? I had, I would, I mean, what were you doing there anyway? Cynthia tells me that the building fell on you. Yes, I was trying to see if I could... Talk to a ghost? Yeah. Okay, over some chairs. Are you crazy, Ira? I, I... Just promise me you won't do anything that stupid again, please. Look, I... Promise me, say it. I promise. Okay. Okay. I was worried. Gosh. Come here, give me a kiss. N okay, be careful. Oh, just kiss me. Ow. No, that didn't <laughs> hurt. It did. Stop Ow. it. And I spoke to the doctor, and he says you can come home, so I thought we'd just go to the cottage. Now we can finish closing it together. Okay. Let's, let's see what I can do. Of course. Absolutely. See, see what you can do. Julia helps me get out of my hospital gown and into my now-ripped shirt, but we're interrupted by a revelation. Oh, I almost forgot. What? Well, I was looking through some pictures of the cottage, and you know how we stack the Muskoka chairs in the veranda so they stay dry for the winter? Yeah. Well, I counted the chairs. There are five in there. Yeah. So? Well, I thought there was something kind of odd about that because they all just fit in there, like just. So I went back to the year before, and I found another picture of the stacked Muskoka chairs, and guess what? There were five chairs there, too. What? Uh, well, we always thought we had six because that's how many came with the cottage, but remember one broke the first year when Adam sat on it and we burned it because you said it was beyond repair? Wait, so what are you saying? That our Muskoka chair wasn't stolen? Yeah, it wasn't stolen. Because it never existed. We only had five. And we still have five, so that's great, right? I, I guess. Well, come on, you should be happy. But what about the other chairs? No, they're still missing. I mean, who knows what will come of them, but the point is... We're not missing three chairs anymore, Ira. We're only missing the two. On the car ride up to Goose, we had the unavoidable conversation about our time apart. We agreed to try and put the chair investigation aside so we can focus on each other, which I totally agree with. We've lost sight of what's important. We also had this conversation which, yes, I recorded. I almost lost you there. Yeah, I guess it was pretty close there. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't your time. I just... I do want you to go first, though. What? I think you should die first, Ira. That's not a nice thing to say to someone, I don't I mean, think. think about it, sweetie. If I die first, you wouldn't be able to handle it. You'd 
I mean, you'd fall, fall to pieces. Look at you. I wasn't even gone a week and you nearly died. No. no you should definitely go first. Hmm. We round the corner of Goose Lake Road. The peaceful daytime calm of this place is in stark contrast to the literal house of horrors I experienced the night before. I notice myself amid a small sigh of relief to be done with this whole chair thing. I couldn't believe how much I was fooling myself into thinking we were getting closer to finding the culprits, filling in the gaps of truth when there was nothing to fill it in with. Until... What the? What is that? There, in our driveway, sit two folding chairs. One is undoubtedly a silver Coleman, and the other what appears to be the love seat. I can't believe this. Are, are they? Yeah, these are the ones. These are our These chairs. are the ones. Yeah. This is so That is so bizarre. Weird. Upon closer inspection, it's confirmed. These are, in fact, our chairs. But how? Did someone just decide to return them? After all this, was it guilt or pity connected to my accident that led to a change of heart? Either way, they're back. I can't help but think what a soft ending this is to an otherwise unrelenting journey. Someone stole something, sure, but to both my wife's and my own amazement, someone also returned something. I'm laid up in bed, popping a few more painkillers. The cast on my arm is cumbersome, and I feel more than unhelpful around the cottage. Julia has a fire going and is outside cutting back the hostas, getting the cottage ready for winter once again. I can't stop feeling so silly about all this, for putting us both through such an ordeal to discover that one of the chairs never even existed, and the others eventually made their way home, by themselves, returned, like two stray cats coming home after their incredible journey. And here I am, laid up with a broken arm. What for? And what about our neighbors? Irreparable damage has been done. We may never speak to many of them again. I decide to get myself out of bed and try to help out. I make my way to the kitchen. Julia has made a full breakfast, and now every pan is piled up in the sink. I do my best to scrub the pans and place them in the drying rack. I realize I will have to learn to do everything with one arm at least for a month or so while the stupid bone sets. I open the cabinet under the sink and gingerly reach for another bottle of soap when I see a piece of paper in the garbage. I get a little miffed at Julia because we've talked about separating paper from the trash, but Julia has always been way more loose about sorting than I am. I go to toss it in the recycling when I notice that it's a receipt from Walmart. But when did we go to Walmart? That's when I saw what it was. A receipt for one Coleman folding chair. I find another receipt deeper in the trash. This one from Costco. One zero-gravity loveseat. Dated today. Before she came to the hospital. Why she was late in arriving. Her plan was to plant them. Scuff them up a bit and let me discover them returned. But why? I find myself actually angry. I glance over to the picture window and Julia happens to be there. She turns and catches me looking at her. She's standing there with a rake, like the lady in the American Gothic painting, but in this version there's no forlorn look. She's grinning ear to ear. She's just standing there and smiling. And then 
my anger is gone. Do I tell her that I know? There's so much love in that look. What did I do to deserve that look? I now know why she did it. She may have had her chair stolen, but she cared less about getting them back than getting us back. For her, this solved everything. I smile back at her and go to wave, but it's my broken arm and I wince in pain. She giggles a bit, then she goes back to her raking. I sit in front of the fireplace and lose myself in the dance of the glowing embers. I toss in the receipts and the evidence only takes a few seconds to vanish. I make a couple of hot chocolates, put on my coat and join Julia outside. I lead her down to the dock and see that it's snowing again. Each snowflake disappearing into Goose Lake, never to be seen again. We clink our mugs and I hold my wife as tight as I can with my good arm. I guess we'll never really know what happened to those chairs. Maybe Bill was right. Maybe they did blow off the dock. But for the first time in a long time, it doesn't matter. I think about what Cynthia said about Nancy's last words. I will always be with you no matter what. I kiss Julia gently on her soft, cold nose. We look out onto the lake together and see the loons flying away, heading south for the winter. At the end of the day, I can come to terms with the fact that maybe someone stole something here. But I will never let go of what they gave us in return. Hey, Ira, have you seen the uh, hummingbird feeder? No, why? What? I took it down for the winter, but I thought I put it in the veranda. Uh, no, so it's not there now? No, I haven't seen it since we had uh, the Wilsons over for the uh, campfire. Okay, so because I saw them carrying something to their car, and that's what they took. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we haven't seen a hummingbird around here for when? No. For the last time and we've seen it. And hummingbirds come in the fall. And they've been a lot of hummingbirds around their property. Yes. They've been just circling. And who comes with an empty bag? I noticed the empty bag. And they put the box in the bag? They put the box in the bag. They put the box in the bag. They put the box they in the, the bag. They put the box in the bag! Someone Stole Something is produced, written, and performed by Naomi Sneakus and Matt Barham, with the help of Leo Hicks, Spencer Hall, and the team at Apollo Studios in Toronto. Thanks in this episode to Ron Sexsmith. Go to BarrowmanSneakus.com to listen to all of our podcasts, including the Barrowman Sneakus podcast, and for all of our upcoming live dates. <laughs>